I like that the, the the prize for this wager isn't the bread. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah, they still have to pay for the fucking bread. Welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that, well, to really understand, you have to, you have to know that there was this one time we, we was in the desert, and this man with a limp, he comes up to us, and he asks for gasoline, and we said, no, we don't have that, don't even have shoes, but we'll play you a song. And he was very angry with us over that. I don't know why. I think it was his coat. It was too hot for that jacket. It just looked like a really warm coat. Is this what you think Americans sound like? No, this this is our Irish Bill Cosby jazz musician voice. This is what happens when we drink too much unfiltered beer. This is Look, what happens. I'm sorry about cracking jokes about your poutine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but this is offensive. Apology this not accepted. We are not engaged not in cultural appropriation in any way. <laughs> Guys are going to be like, Yeehaw, me and my cowboys are going to buy our gun rights from the abortionists. And I'm going to just... That's actually not a bad idea. I, I think we should do this. Can gun rights from abortionists? Is that how that works now? <laughs> That's a great That's business model. I would love to yeah. sell guns and abortions. I think, <laughs> uh, depending on the survival of the mother, it's really just one sale. <laughs> and now that we've started off with that joke... Uh-huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not like the name of the podcast uh, doesn't hint that it has horrible contents inside. It's true. Uh, now it's that- true. Now that we've alienated everyone on the spectrum, my name is Scott. Joining me this evening are... I'm Jim, and you still haven't gotten rid of me, so you still gotta put up with this. And this is David. I show up from time to time. Yes, David has put in his appearance, and if he sees his shadow, six more weeks of giant robots. Look behind you. (laughs) Uh... I didn't really see a shadow per se. I can see it. But there was kind of like some soot on the wall, so we can count it. Okay. So Summer of Mecca is on. There we go. And we've actually got a couple little references to it in tonight's topic. There we go. Yeah, I suppose we do. Um, But (laughs) first, before we get to our main topic, we have Pick of the Week, where it is a week, and we pick a thing, because we like things to pick this week. Jim, you're on first. You son of a bitch. Oh, come on. Like, any of us are ready. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Part of me is like, just go with Smoke's Poutine. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, hmm. Hmm. You know what the hell with it? I'm going to pick something that, you know, puts me at a date and I don't give a shit. I went and saw Fury Road this week. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Wonderful. I had a fuck ton of questions the moment I saw the V8 Interceptor. Because I'm like, I know you. Why are you here? George Miller is wonderful. The man knows how to write. The man knows how to direct. I had a blast. I'm pretty sure I'm the last person to see it. 
because everybody else went, and I, I was sick, and that sucked. But yeah, Fury Road's great. If you somehow haven't seen it, why aren't you seeing it? See it again you... if you're thinking about it. If you're considering yeah, exactly. seeing it twice, do it again. Yeah. I saw it in IMAX with the seats that vibrate. That was pretty rad. Oh, fuck, that woke you up. That sounds really good. Oh, God. Even without the seats that vibrate, just, just the IMAX speakers just blow you out. Because we were in, like, um, the seventh row, so right on that mezzanine area. So we were up close, mile high. I like it. Yep. Uh, well, uh, what do you got, Dave? Speaking of Mad Max Fury Road, I have a couple things. I have a couple things. I come on every once in a while, and I'm very enthusiastic. But I have a couple things. Speaking of Fury Road, uh, might I recommend starting a parody Twitter uh, and just, I don't know, coming up with a thousand Mad Max names over a three-day period? Because let me tell you, it's a blast to do so. Like, if you want to uh, share that login, we could coordinate for a few more days. I figure, like, you know... Yeah. Like we sched- we t- we each take an hour and do our best. It might be it- we might keep this rolling longer. See, it's important that that uh, I deliver artisanal, handcrafted Mad Max names uh, that really, really uh, uh, they'll last you in the desert. They'll last you in the wasteland. They really uh, bring the room together. That's, oh, what's that? They really bring the room together. I think is what you're going for. Very important. Now. Uh, I will share you share the secret of Mad Max names that I that I discovered through the process of writing 1,000 custom Mad Max names for anybody that would ask at Mad Max names. Uh, all Mad Max names are either breakfast foods, <laughs> Latin, fake Latin rhyming words for things that are gross and disgusting, or vaginas that are trying to kill people. Uh, it's a normal vaginas, then. You could be, say, Poutine the Unfathomable. That's a fine Mad Max name. You could, I assume that you eat poutine in the, uh, for breakfast, too. Again, I don't breakfast know your culture. You don't know my culture. Champions. We're all on the same ground here. Breakfast uh, poutine is actually very good. It is. Bacon, like, you, you, you basically make a Denver omelet, and you put it on top of French fries and cover it in gravy. Yeah, or maple syrup, depending on how ostentatious you're feeling. Both, really. Could, yeah. Now, if you don't want to be Poutine the Unknowable, you could be Festus Ficus. Uh, that's a good Mad Max name, too. That strikes fear in the hearts of anybody. Um, or you could be Labia Daggers. And I think I think that... That's you know, like a burlesque star to me. Probably like, both, to be honest. Considering yeah. how 90% of burlesque is now nerd bur- burlesque, I think this is an inevitability. Oh, yeah, no, like... Uh, uh, a good Mad Max name does double duty very well for uh, roller derby. Uh, it does well for burlesque. Um, it uh, uh, it can work as say uh, a unique login for uh, uh, your email or uh, business accounts. Um, it's a very versatile thing. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. Uh, if you, if you want to read all uh, actually slightly more than one thousand Mad Max names, uh, go to at Mad Max name, you can't get get them anymore. The shop's closed down. Old nomenclature Joe has rolled out to the bullet farm. But I put a lot of love and attention into them, and that was really fun. I got to name a bunch of like famous people or semi-famous people. I named uh, the guy that wrote Halo. I named film crit help, uh, uh, Tim Schaefer asked for one. It was ridiculous. Schaefer's not famous. Look, Tim Schaefer. Look. We we have entered Web 3.0. Everyone is famous to 15 people. 
I will take that more uh, well over being famous to everyone for 15 minutes. And speaking of being famous to 15 people, PayPal me some money. I need beer. <laughs> That's fair. You want to be a person, you know how to do it. We're really direct on this because we're cripplingly fucking poor. Uh, my other thing this week, Splatoon has consumed my life, heart and soul. Uh, it's the funnest game Nintendo's published in a while. It's fun to be a squid. It's fun to be a kid. Uh, it has one of the best uh, uh, competitive game mechanics ever that fuses tactics, combat, and area control into a single thing. Uh, it also has the most devious uh, ways to keep you playing. It's a really good game. Uh, if you got a Wii U, my uh, Nintendo ID is Carps, and I want to squirt liquid all over you. <laughs> all right, so there we go. I, I thoroughly endorse uh, Splatoon as well. I should probably create my own Nintendo ID instead of using my wife's. But when that happens, I will let you know, and we'll hang out, and we can we can shoot ink at the skate park because I think that's the only map anyone's using, right? Boy, I got stuck on that skate park. I I played it ten times in a row uh, this morning. It was interminable. I mean, granted, the the oil rig is just terrible and stupid, but Jesus uh, Christ. The, the mall is nice. Uh, I like one of the other ones. Uh, mall's good. I actually like the skate park, just not ten times in a row. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, it, it's like, you know what? DE Dust is great, but there are other Counter-Strike maps, guys. Underpass is fine, and there's a new... They just dropped a new... It's another filled with crates level. That one is a hoot, too, especially if you got a roller. But my pick of the week is going to Blowing Up the Movies a series of uh, essays about action movies uh, from a tabletop gaming perspective, how to adapt the techniques of film to uh, your game. Specifically, the game is Feng Shui 2, which is still the awesomest game ever. And uh, the essays are all by Mr. Robin D. Laws, as he discusses is how, um, for example, The Matrix weaves exposition with, uh, you know, absolute genius quality or how to uh you know have a one a lone world session uh with a bunch of named foes in an interesting way via diehard and um you know even there's some great things about john woo and how to incorporate character drama into narrating shooting guys in the face and i think uh do full disclosure because ethics and games journalism I'm oh one of God. I'm I'm one of Robin's playtesters, so I do get a shout out in uh, one of the John Woo essays, which is technically more shout outs than I get in Feng Shui Two, which I playtested from start to finish. But I did kill Thrill Kill Mandrill. That ape deserved it. I I also killed all the other named apes in the setting because they deserved it. <laughs> you know they have laws against that. Okay, I didn't kill. I did laws not. Laws disappear when we blow up the planet. I I did not kill uh, Furious George. That was um that was that was Tron King of the the King of Tron Hell. That game got weird at the end. I I didn't kill Furious George because I liked him. End, at the end, it got weird. Prior to that, perfectly fucking normal. As normal as any game where you throw magic at cyborg apes is. So normal. Yeah, perfectly normal. If you have not bought your copy of Feng Shui 2 yet, do that, because it's a great game. To you, it was throwing magic at cyborg apes. To me, it was Tuesday. 
Still one of the most versatile fucking quotes from any movie. Uh, there's That movie does not deserve a line that good. Yeah. Like, it is genuinely astonishing. That film is terrible. On so many levels. Fantastic. Like, poor Raul Julia. <laughs> poor Raul Julia. That man is a great actor. He is dead. Presumably because of that movie, because he wasn't in another film after that thing fucking killed him. Well, no, he knew he was dying, and he's like, you know what, I need to earn some paychecks so my kids can be happy, can, you know, bury me well and buy their own houses or whatever. So I'm going to deliver one of the finest lines in cinema in one of the worst scripts imaginable. Yep. Love it. You know, I think that that, I think that nerds... Uh, remember that quote a lot. I think it might be used a little too much. I think that line, in fact, might be a little overdrawn from the memory bank. <sighs> Damn it. You might be right. If, or Either that, or you've just made a perfectly apropos bon mot, so I can't deny that, because it's French. And I'm Canadian, and I have to respect the French. <laughs> no, you don't. You're Canadian. You invariably disrespect the French, and you know that. Look... You know what? There's the French, and then there's Acadians, and fuck those guys. They spread like an infection. I don't know what it was about Louisiana that made them decent people, but can we send them all there cultists. now? Mostly cultists. When you have people that are willing to come out of the swamps to grab your ne'er-do-wells and drag them off kicking and screaming, you suddenly learn to socialize and be a bit more practical of a human being, so people give a fuck if you disappear. And now you know. Now we need that rainbow. <laughs> Just imagine it, because this is an auditory medium, theater of the mind. Imagine all of us. None of us are wearing pants while we record, if I, that I helps. Am. I'm wearing orange pants. <laughs> Always wearing orange pants with an Iron Man belt. Because <laughs> they're the only pants I have that can actually fit this belt. So this is where the belt stays. I'm not wearing pants, just so you can imagine that. But our main topic for the night is... You've just fueled more fanfiction. You know that, right? Of course. That, why God else would it. I do okay. it? Where do you even find this crap? <laughs> I have ways. I have means. Dreadful, uh, terrible ways that involve sacrificing Cajuns in Louisiana swamps? Maybe. That's what I thought. We are here to talk about Spider-Verse, which is... Not the summer event from Marvel, but a spring-ish event from Marvel that yeah. I liked mostly, kind of, maybe. I think the good bits were not the bits that they were focusing on, is where I'm at. The good bits were good, the bad bits were far too common. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so my main complaint is I would have read literally 12 issues of Miles and uh, Cartoon Peter roam the multiverse having wacky adventures with, like, Spider-Car and old Spider-Man cartoons, and the actual bit where, like, uh, regular Peter and Otto get into a slap fight over who's a better Spider-Man and then deal with Moreland, I guess, maybe, except half the fucking plot points are in other fucking books and the big giant trade collection organizes it wrong and it frustrates me to no fucking end. Ugh. Well, let's have our villains be absolutely threatening until the final issue, at which point they job like bitches. Hey! I feel like there's a better way to present a try-fail cycle. Maybe they get yeah. one of the low-ranking ones in issue four. 
Well, they shoehorned in those twins, and it's like, who the fuck are you? Why the fuck should I care? I'm pretty sure you're actually just Team Rocket. Well, I think the twins actually came in from the Jim Butcher Spider-Man novel, which, if you haven't read, is pretty good. There's some great bits with the Rhino. Really? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, so... I have not read uh, Spider-Man uh, ever. Like, the only Spider-Man comics I've ever read are were the old uh, Giganto white phone book collections of the old Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stuff. Which, British comics. Which, which is good, and you, sh if you haven't picked those up, find them. They're great. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Yeah, I read those. Uh, oh, I read a whole bunch of the early Ultimate Spider-Man, and I'm sure at some point in my life, I have read Craven's Last Hunt because that's the that's the one you read. You're um, supposed to read Craven's Last Hunt. Yep. And I understand that had I read more Spider-Man, I would read Craven's Last Hunt again and again and again anytime Craven shows up. But that's not the Craven's Last Hunt podcast. Uh, here's my big problem with Sp uh, uh, Spider Verse is that I am I was like this got me back into reading uh, weekly comics. Uh, I currently pick up. Uh, a lot of books that came out of uh, Spider-Verse. I read Spider-Woman, great. I read uh, Silk, really enjoyable. I read Spider-Gwen, okay, but, like, the, the, the art's really good. Like, that, that that's a book where the art is better than the writing, but it's still worth grabbing. Yeah, uh, Silk's really good. The art, I forget who, who does the art, but she is fantastic. It's super cartoony. Here's the problem with Spider-Verse, is that coming in, I was like, alright, every Spider-Man ever. I'm familiar with every Spider-Man ever because they were costume options in the N64 Spider-Man game. And I loved playing as the Amazing Bagman and Cosmic Spider-Man. Alright, I want to see these guys. And I saw a preview that had Leopardon from uh, uh, Jeff from uh, Tokusatsu Spider-Man. Uh, I'm done for that. That the emissary of hell. Vampires. Why are there vampires? Why is the natural enemy of all Spider-Men vampires? I don't understand that. I understand that, like somewhere down the way, they were like spider totems, transgalactic vampires, Orland, the others. I don't care. I want to see Spider-Men fighting something that seems thematically appropriate to being a spider or a man. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. I never fought things that are thematically appropriate to being a spider or a man. He fights octopies. He fights lizards. He fights a jerk green goblin. He fights an orange goblin. He fights Shocker, who is very poorly named because everybody assumes he's got electric powers. And he's like, no, goddammit. They're vibrations. They are shockwaves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Electro is upset that people say keep saying he's Shocker because Shocker sucks and he's Electro. Nope. Poor Herman. But like, then there's Mysterio, who is basically Hollywood. Like yeah. I feel so, like I feel like this book should have been all of the Spider-Mans versus the, the Sinister Six. No, the Sinister Six Hundred and Sixty Six. Yeah, like that. Give us a big Sinister Six army. Like some distant universe auto is like, wait, Let's I killed get... my Spider-Man. You guys I can uh... kill more. Have you guys? Do you guys like Ultraman? Yes. Okay. It's Have hard not to like Ultraman. That? Hang on. Have you seen? <laughs> like, do you require water to live? <laughs> Have you seen the movie Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legend? The movie. No, but I want to. That no, I'm, I'm going to Google that now and buy it. Yeah. Is it better than Black Rain? Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy Legend, the movie. It's technically a tie-in movie to the TV series Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy Legend, 
well, uh, which is about people that Pokemon battle full-size Ultraman monsters that they trap in cards. Also a great show. Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legend the movie is also, I think it's the 50th, maybe the 40th anniversary movie. And it is the plot is every Ultraman fights every Ultraman monster. And they have every Ultraman ever, regardless of being in an alternate universe or not. They figure out a way to get them in there, and they fight every single Ultraman monster ever. You see a shot where it's all Ultramans and then all Ultraman monsters. And then when that's not enough, there's also an evil Ultraman that looks like an Evangelion who leads them. And then all the Ultraman monsters fuse into one monster made out of all monsters. And what's great is that you can still see all the monsters inside of it, just all goobified and like, dig, uh, I think they just like melted toys onto the suit. But anyway, that's what I wanted out of Spider Spider-Verse is all Spider-Mans versus all spider villains. villains. And it was all Spider-Mans versus, like, three dudes that apparently can just kill Spider-Man. Their power is, I eat Spider-Man. And I don't care. I don't know them. I don't... This doesn't seem to, like, sum up the feeling of every Spider-Man ever, because part of what every Spider-Man ever is is him being all flipped to a goofy animal-themed villain. And I want to see a bunch of different kind of Spider-Mans all being very flipped to uh, animal-themed villains. And I know that this is kind of a dumb sticking point, but gosh darn it, I don't care about Marlin. I don't know who he is. Why isn't he Morbius? Why isn't he Morbius, that stupid vampire from the animated series, and I never understood why he was there and why he had little suckers on his hands and why he kept going after your life essence and plasma? Because you can't say that on Fox Kids, and you can't have fangs on Fox Kids. Because it's a children's cartoon show. Um, Mike is also one of Parker's friends, so that wouldn't quite work. And pulling Moreland back was horseshit, by the way. Like, Moreland was boring, and I like the Jim Butcher novel where Moreland yeah. and his twin friends come back. Mostly because it was a Jim Butcher novel, and it had a really good bit with the rhino, but... <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we finished the Moreland story twice. Fucking twice. They're like, oh, look, radiation kills him. Great, okay, that's wonderful. That's why he died there. Oh, he's back. Okay, now the other takes over and just fucking kills his ass. We're done. And then so it's like, fuck, I'm going to ignore the part where he eats other animal totems. Except he's for that one for issue where he's in the Spider-Ham universe where everyone's an animal. Yeah, and Deimos is just like, this is great. But otherwise, we're just after spiders. Uh, I'm going to make up a bunch of characters, and I'm going to make sure they're really oddly written in my book. But if Peter David's writing, they're going to be consistent. Yeah, that, that's the other thing is, there were, he introduced new alternate universe Spider-Man, which is fine, because I, I do like Spider-Gwen as a concept. I even thought... There was um, that invincible Spider-Man who was the other, other Japanese Spider-Man who was very cool, and I would have liked to have seen more with. Hey, yeah, I, I love that guy. Even, yeah, like, like here's the thing, this event fighting. gave us a comic where Jared, Gerard Way's comic book writing didn't fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. For... Uh, real talk, um, everybody went all gaga over, uh, Spider-Gwen, but SPDR, the best thing to come out of Spider-Verse. Again, really cool, a really neat way to take the basic Spider-Man-style concept and give me something different. Like, but I would read that book more. At, and at the same time, I'm sort of, like, mildly annoyed that Spider-Man is a, and his amazing friends, they die off a screen. So does uh, Electric well, Company Spider-Man. That was violence for the sake of meanness. 
Like that was like, like the fact he went out of the way to kill the most kid friendly versions of the character. Yeah, and it's like, why? Well, uh, look, if we make people angry, it's like, yeah, Brevert, I know. If you make people angry, you think they read your books. You know how much money I've spent on Spider-Verse or actually any Spider-Man related thing other than, you know, my clothes in the last two years? Zero dollars. Because I refuse to pay Marvel for Spider-Books right now because the writing is crap. Like, even the stuff I like, it's like if I ever meet the writer behind it, I will give him a $5 bill. If I ever meet Peter David in person, I'm giving that man a 20 and that's that's as a thank you for Spider-Man 2099. Just straight up. Miguel's always been a favorite. But right now, I'm like, no. The side stuff is great. Side stuff is really entertaining. The core line on this, like, Cosmic Spider-Man is supposed to be God in his universe. Moreland's dad, who we've never seen before, shows up, kills him, then dies. Yep. That was, that was dramatic as fuck. I really what? cared about that, man. I cared yeah. so hard. Yeah. Like, like that, and that's it. Is I wanted, I wanted it to be bigger and dumber. And my favorite thing was the one where Moreland invaded newspaper strip Spider-Man because he gets so frustrated that the same thing happens every back. fifteen seconds. He can't <laughs> figure it out, so he yeah. just leaves. Yeah, like it's, this. It's this needs. Timeline. This needs more meta gags. This needs to be about all of the pre-existing Spider-Man finding, figuring each other out and making it work and not necessarily all these new stuff that may or may not be good. Yeah, well, Miles and old cartoon Spider-Man. Yeah, that the was great. Bit, well, the first bit you have with them, they play up that little interaction where it looks like he's going to be racist for a second. And then he's like, wow, you're young. And it's like, that's well done, guys. That's amazing. That's, you're like, you're like, you're... Actually, you're you're funny. really young for this. You're doing great. Have fun. Yeah. And I mean, then you get some of the other stuff where, you know, you've got just Spider-Man chatting with each other on the battlefield. And, and like, like you're left-handed? Really? I love the bit where all the Spider-Men are asking, like, wait, are we all just, like, that guy? Are we all just, like, copies of that guy? What well, I'm the Peter Parker. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, like, Indian Spider-Man, when he realizes, when he's like, his name is Peter Parker, and my name is Peter Parker. Doesn't that just say that, like, I'm the copy? Yeah. <laughs> At which point, you do have to come to terms with it. Really? Like, I'm almost disappointed that conversation didn't happen with uh, Peter Parkwad from uh, 1602, because that then they could sort of simultaneously realize it and feel bummed together. But no, wait, the, the one we actually knew and cared about has to die in his own issue. Yup. Yeah. Uh, because that was that was part of my big issue with this overall was we've got our core cast and some of them really could use some expansion like punk spider-man who was very interesting in the background yeah yeah i'm like that's a, a cool design give me more on this and they're like no spider we're just kind of... like he seems like a neat guy yeah well i looked at him and i'm like you're just you're captain britain with a spider-man theme yeah i'm okay with this but unless they want to expand you more that's seriously all there is to this character because he's a braddock, too. Like, he is a Captain Britain. Did you read the uh, the, the, the Spider-Punk issue? Or the, the, the little short story? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Is Like, everyone got eight, issue, eight pages, and I'm like, no. I want, I want, I want more. more and better from this, and you don't like, want to do that. Look back on AOA, where we shelled every X title for a fucking four-month period, 
and did them as four new books the entire time. They could have done that with this. They could have just went, fuck it. Here's a whole bunch of other spider titles. We're going to focus on a bunch of these characters. Everybody's going to get their one arc and even just give the opportunity if fans really gravitate towards somebody, potentially give them a new book. Like Spider-Punk, if Spider-Punk had a full issue and it sold like gangbusters, that should tell them, hey, grab this up. The fan response to Spider-Gwen was big enough that they went after it. So it could have been a big marketing opportunity to try and get people more on board for other books. Instead, they introduced some characters that are completely unique and killed them. And then they introduced characters that we're already familiar with and killed them again. Or they grabbed people from What Ifs and, oh, they killed them too. <laughs> yeah, and... Hell, fuck, Assassin Spider-Man, oh, a fine example of just jobbery. This guy can see the goddamned future. That is where his ability is. He, In his book, he's like, everybody down. Why? Because there's a helicopter that's going to show up here in a few minutes, and they're going to mow the windows. What do you mean? I don't hear anything. I said fucking down. Everybody get down. Everybody ducks. Windows are gone. Thank you very much, guys. I trained with Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And instead, he dies, like, sideways in a panel, just shot to the chest from beyond the portal. Oh, man, he didn't see it. Fuck you. That's his whole ability. This like, book needs to be fun, and it's not fun. Yeah. Either play it fun and do it right. Oh, they didn't. Or play it serious, and they didn't do that either. It was just kill count for the sake of kill count. It was like reading Avengers of, well, that fucking arcade battle world fucking... Hunger Games knockoff again, where it's just, here's a character, and they're dead. Here's another character, oh, and they're dead. Oh, 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 dead. Fuck off. I'm ranting about this because my first comic book is from two years before I was alive, and it was an Amazing Spider-Man book. I'm kind of invested in this. Here's, here's another thing that uh, kind of bugged me about the crossover, is that they knew that they were going to do Battle War, but that they were going to do Secret Wars right after this was finished. Yeah. And they they put the no. they they put that sequel hook right at the end. But like, they establish that apparently the linchpin of all Marvel universes is uh, Spider-Man and his ma and like the Master Weaver. You wouldn't you would have thought that the Master Weaver would have uh, uh, with his connection to all time periods and all universes ever would have noticed. Hey, all of these end at the exact same time. And uh, everything's uh, like, breaking. That's fucking weird. Hmm. Yeah, like, I thought, like, I would have thought, like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I'm glad that I'm reading this, because it's about a bunch of characters traveling between worlds. This is surely going to have very important ramifications into uh, uh, the gigantic crossover that they're about to do. No, no, no. They, they, it doesn't matter. Um, like, these people work in the same building. They go to the same coffee shop. I'm and apparently sure they don't talk to each other. each other. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they're barred from it. I'm pretty sure Marvel Editorial, if they see you consorting with another staff member, will hit you with a cattle prod. Like, that's the best answer I've got for half the shit that goes down in these books now. Because even within Spider-Verse, there's inconsistencies. Leo Parton coming back. They're like, hey, he's made of future tech and steampunk. No, he's not. Fucking read Peter David, you son of a bitch. We know how they put the fucking thing back together. It's not crazy magic tech. Fuck off. You didn't even bother to read the book that ties into your own story. How can I expect you to tie into the next major Marvel arc? It was super hot garbage that that uh, tiny little vampire could just rip the arm off of that super cool giant robot, by the way. Yeah. I know, like that, this, like, that this book does not give enough of the alternate Spider-Man their due. 
like, you know what? Kenji shows up with Leopardon, and he's the emissary of hell, and he yep. does two things. Yeah. And it, it's the same for Spider-Assassin and Spider-Punk and... Uh, Spider-Knight. Cosmic Spider-Man, again, just doesn't actually even do anything over the course of the entire arc. He keeps them in his world, and then Moreland's dad shows up and he dies. Even Miles, even Miles gets stuck in this side trip with cartoon Spider-Man, and it's fun, and I'd love to have more of that, but it's just sort of like, you know what, Miles is good at what he does. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He could probably benefit from hanging out with both Otto and Peter and even Gwen, but no, it's like, hey, Spider-Car, remember him? You know, now that I think about it, the only uh, the only character, the only like new character to Spider Verse that actually contributed to the plot was alternate universe Uncle Ben, and his contribution was having to li- having to live on a world that was completely irradiated. Yeah, you mean plot book world? Yeah. Yes, plot yeah. contrivance world. And again, Yay. Uncle Goddamn Ben is back, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. mean what it and- should mean. No, the last time Ben Parker came back and it mattered was Amazing 500, because that was Parker's birthday present from Doctor Strange. After everything he'd gone through in the four issues prior, getting to talk to Ben for a few seconds, and just to have that conversation of, are you happy? Parker looks at him and goes, yes. And Ben's like, and that's all I care about. That, that's a fine return of Ben Parker, because that brings us back to who Ben Parker was to Peter. That's it. This Ben Parker? Who cares? Is apparently some sort of a chicken shit. The best thing I can say about him is he had a villain named the Emerald Elf, and that was delightful, because that's a great way to pull him away from Green Goblin. But otherwise, I didn't care. I looked at him and I went, yeah, you're Ben Parker in name and appearance, and you're not Ben Parker, so this doesn't have any bearing on me. But there was a lot of that, too. Like, the well, Elijah or Ezekiel or whatever the fuck his name is, the guy who was in the last stand here. Yeah. Well, I, even, I'm like, even you, you do a spinoff book where you have Ultimate Universe Jessica, Ben Riley, and Kane. Like, all the clones in one spot. And all they do is take away one of the dumb roadblocks that was erected for no reason in the main book. Yep. Oh, and Ben dies. And then Ben dies again. Yeah, because we have to have that happen. And onto it, like, onto itself, Scarlet Spiders could have been really good. Because that's that is a really questionable team. Kane is like, not a good guy. <laughs> not even a little bit, but the double side of it there is Kane is not a good guy and he is standing right next to a man that he spent years trying to kill and then years trying to make up for. So Kane's going to be on just a thin fucking wire the entire time. But no. And no, can't do drama. <sighs> and and th- this is this is it is I was so geared up for Crisis on Infinite Spider-Mans, and I don't think anything really managed to follow through. No. Hell, all in all, like, if Spider-Gwen hadn't caught on, yeah, let's say she was just a throwaway thing, like, they put her in and nobody gave a shit. Or if, if it, you know, that one issue hadn't been as fun as it was. Yeah. This event would have come and gone and nothing actually would have changed. Because Silk came in right before the event. And I doubt she's going to survive through Secret Wars. Yeah, unless they push her. Otto goes back to the point that was at the end of his 2099 time travel shit. 
Miguel goes back to his point. Parker goes back to his point. Like this entire thing doesn't move any actual storyline forward. It doesn't do anything. It was just a let's kill a whole bunch of Spider-Man you kind of care about and even more that you don't even know about because we can. Because writing, you know, Sinister Six kills the Spider-Man as a one-shot a la Punisher kills Marvel Universe was apparently just too goddamn complicated. Oh god, I'm picturing the alternate universe where this was a four-issue by Cullen Bunn, and I'm like, oh, good, there's there's a way this could have been worse. Yep. <sighs> yep. I'm gonna stick up for, uh, for Spider-Verse again. It's the thing that got me back into comics. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun way. I think, I think one thing that helped my enjoyment was that I didn't really know who anybody was going in, except that they were Spider-Mans. Uh, and so while I didn't care about the vampires, I did care about the Spider-Mans and watching the Spider-Mans Spider-Man around was a hoot. It was a pleasure. And, you know, I've, I've been noticing this with, because uh, this is the summer of let's take everything you love and then mash it all up. You have uh, 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 Spider-Verse, you got uh, Secret Wars, you got, uh, what, what's DC's thing? Convergence, which don't is... Don't read it. Don't read it. Yeah, it's a sanctuary. No, no, Shazam, Shazam was fantastic comics. Yes. Um, and I think that's the, that's one of the things that I've been uh, uh, noticing and a little, I really liked the, what like, oh, anything that came out of Spider, Spider-Verse, uh, Edge of Spider-Verse was easily the best because it was just fun little one-shot stories about weird little takes on Spider-Man. And yeah. I can get behind that. I can enjoy that. It had different creative teams. It had unconventional un, uh, art. It had uh, uh, interesting twists. It was a fountain of creativity uh, in a property that I would assume grown stale. Yeah, um, you, you'd like, be right in the center of that. Yeah. But, like, I feel Retons like don't help. with these crossovers that are everything you ever loved smashed all together, they don't embrace the joy of, of uh, uh, recontextualization. They don't enjoy that, like, creative spark. They, they, they try to hook them into some stupid central narrative. So instead of being like, okay, DC's event is going to be, we just take a couple different uh, uh, universes and mush them together for like, uh, for Like two our comics. Amanda Connor is going to draw Power Girl punching the Red Sun universe. That would have been great. As covers, it was a great story. Um, I like those four pages so much. You you give me a done in two story like that. That sounds great. But when you say, oh, also every single every single one of these is going to be take place inside of cities that have been covered in domes by Brainiac, and they're going to have to fight to to survive. And there's a weekly series that uh, explains the story of the domes. I don't want that. I just want a done-in-two story that I can buy, enjoy, and then move on, hopefully to more comics by, by those creative teams. Uh, with Sp- like, I feel like Edge of Spider-Verse got away with uh, uh, things a lot more uh, than some of these other ones because the twist always came at the end. Oh, and then there's Spider-Ham to recruit you because everybody likes drawing Spider-Ham. Um, Wouldn't you? Secret Wars has been the worst because... I like uh the only like I've been buying the Secret Wars uh main comic. The art's really good, fun setup. Like for the thing, I like the Thors, but like X Men ninety one. That's the thing that I really wanted to read because you know it's it's animated slash Jim Lee X Men, 
and it's you know semi satiric. Uh, 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 it's then like okay, that's really good. But then like they still have to be have to be like oh, but it takes place in this alternate in, in like not just a regular Earth, but in a little place called Westchester that's just a city, and it still has like a baron and yeah, it's like they and with crazy dog monsters. Yeah, and they worship do uh, uh, Doctor Doom, and it's like. In, in like five years, like I'm never gonna read this comic because I know that like it didn't matter, and like even even if it like even if it was just like a standalone, like we're gonna do this miniseries and it will never matter in mainline Marvel continuity. Now it does hook in the mainline Marvel continuity, so it takes away the, the the fun of it just being its own thing. And like I feel like that kind of hampered a lot of what Spider Verse could have been. Honestly, I feel like if it had had even less uh, impact on if it was just a standalone like we're gonna pause everything because we know that we're gonna go into a whole bunch of shit coming up it we're just gonna pause everything and have every spider-man come in hang out get a coffee uh shoot some pool uh maybe have like a beach party where everybody leaves their masks on but like they play volleyball and like leave their own like gigantic volleyball net i'm going off the deep end here but um like if it was just that I might have enjoyed it a lot better because then I wouldn't have to worry about who is Morlan, who is Kane, what is the Great Weaver and their mysteries. Why does Silk always get horny around Spider-Man? Like because that's been built into her character from the beginning. Yeah, that yeah, is the fan fictioniest you, thing I've ever read, and I watched. That's the online. stupidest part. It's not the fan fictioniest thing in Spider-Man in two years. No, the, I'm still saying that's the let's retcon his marriage through magic. No, I think it's Carly. I think it's no, Carly is the most fan fiction thing. That's worse than fan fiction-y. That's fucking creepy when let's draw Spider-Man eerily like Casada and have him date his daughter. Yeah, you're allowed to get that creeped out look, dude, because that's it. Carly is Casada's daughter, and they were drawing Peter to look a lot like Casada at the time because that's what Joe wanted. So let's pick up on the incest vibes that are going on right there and try not to think about it too much before I go on a rampage. Yeah. No. So what we're, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that if you're thinking about having a whole bunch of Spider-Man in one place to do a thing, Spider Island is probably cheap right now. You can get that used at a bookstore. And it's actually really fun to read. Yeah. I mean, they, they revived Deadly Hands of Kung Fu for Spider Island. Yep. And it was awesome. <laughs> You also get Hercules naked at the end of it and everybody having to deal with that. And as much as that's a small thing, it's a hilarious thing. And Mayor J. Jonah Jameson gets vindicated because, goddammit, he was ready for a Spider-Man problem. Yep. <laughs> he was. Also, Seriously. Uh, what, was that, uh, what was that video game? Uh, Spider-Man Web of Illusion, I think? Shattered Dimensions? It had Noir Spider-Man, it had uh, Regular Spider-Man, it had uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, that was Shattered Dimensions. Yeah. Shattered Dimensions. Uh, that, that told told in every Spider-Man ever, or at least four Spider-Mans ever, uh, story uh, a lot better than, uh, uh, and you could play it with your thumbs. Yes, thumbs. Although it didn't have a big open city to swing around in, which apparently is impossible to do now. No one gets it right anymore. How is that hard? It was successful on the GameCube. If it can be done on the GameCube, it can be done fucking anywhere. Yeah, but Amazing Spider-Man 2 is still not a very good game. How? How? How How do you fuck this up? You seriously just go back to Spider-Man 2 on GameCube and you just, you paint over the top of it. 
Like, you put under new management and release the game again. And people will pay full price for it. You don't even do graphic upgrades. Like, I'm not talking about any changes. You seriously just put a label over the fucking name and send it out. And people will pay full price. And they will talk about how it is the greatest Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2. Uh, I'm not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I don't know. I think that uh, that Tony Hawk where you could uh, also play as Spider-Man was uh, maybe the best Spider-Man game. That, that That's also acceptable. That is, I deem this acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Where was Tony Hawk Spider-Man? Where was he? He, he was dead in the background. <laughs> where was Ghost Spider? He showed up in like a dozen pieces of promotional material and never actually showed up in the story. Oh. Well, he was invisible because he's a ghost. No, it, that's not. No, no, that's not how Ghost Spider works. <laughs> His head is he's on fire. Man with a flaming skull. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that that's it. Is Spider Island still fun? Spider Verse frustrating because you say you say the premise and you imagine something, and then what they give you is not what you imagined. Well, the joke of it is the free running fucking Spider Man game on cell phones manages to do slightly better what does what does that fucking tell you because it's like okay the sinister six is invading from across dimensions here's a bunch of different versions of the sinister six you have to recruit spider-man to beat them by running and also giving us real money yes well because that's how video games work now yeah but yeah it's like you've managed to present the plot better and make me care more and you're a free-running fucking game seriously and, don't and technically, the game is what gave us the, revi the revised uh, Spider-Woman costume, and I like that costume. I'm apathetic to Spider-Woman. You know, that comic is really good, because it is just the Rockford Files, but with Spider-Woman. But that means it doesn't have Rockford, and then <laughs> now I'm less, I'm less pleased, but you've now anti-sold me on this book. I'm now opposed <laughs> to this book on a moral level. Uh... Like... That was not the way to do that. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, Spider-Woman fights a uh, uh, the load lifter from Aliens in the last uh, issue to hit the stands. That makes even less sense. It's built out of construction equipment. So it's Devastator? No, it, it, it's like somebody took like a, like, a, like, a, like a dump truck and then just built it into a robot suit that looks conspicuously, conspicuously like the power loader from Aliens. I'm just going to continue to believe that she fights Devastator. Because that's more amusing. I'm looking at this. It could be Devastator. Well, you'll, you'll know if it's Devastator if it has two wrecking balls uh, swinging between its legs. I will cut you. <laughs> that never <laughs> happened. That never... No. No, John Turturro was never in a Transformers movie. Nope. Didn't because happen. Because he is... A he is a better actor than that and can choose better roles than that. Nobody fucks yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's as good an actor as Stanley Tucci. I like Stanley Tucci. I don't really understand where you're going with this. Because he was, Stanley Tucci was in, was in the new Transformers. Oh, well, that's fine. I stopped watching them after the first one. Well, that's, that's fair. 90 goddamn minutes for Optimus fucking Prime to show up in a Transformers movie. I Look, want I, my money back and fuck Shave the Beef. Fuck Look, I watched, I watched all of Optimus Prime, a, the paragon of justice and morality in robot slash truck form, uh, declare, I want his face, <laughs> and then 
cut off a, a robot's face while he was crawling away. I understand rage, sir. Yeah, that is not, um, well, that's really simple. That's not Optimus Prime. That's clearly just Nemesis. Well, okay, if, like we're, if we're yelling about Transformers, the episode has to be over. I yeah, think I think that's the rule. Maybe a guideline, maybe more of a guideline, but we're going to call well, it a night. Yeah, we're calling into other things, and there's. I'm certain if we wanted, we could find a Spider-Man Transformer that Dan Slott's trying to kill. Oh, probably. I mean, Leia Pardon made it out, which makes me happy. Yeah. Do you know what it probably was? Marvel didn't have the budget for sword vigor. Probably. So are we done? I'm calling this. Um, Cool. Final thoughts? It was okay, though it had certain problems. Read the book. Read Edge of Spider Verse. Yeah, read Edge of Spider Verse and read uh, the the Ultimate Spider Man book where Peter and Miles have wacky adventures with old cartoon Spider Man, and then just imagine something ridiculously cool happening because that's probably better. There are Spider Man stories that will test that will basically last the test of time when it comes to the character, when it comes to Marvel, and just when it comes to comic books. This isn't one of them. This is not one of them. If you want to read the best Spider-Man comic published in 2015, might I recommend Elliot Kalin's Spider-Man and the X-Men, a delightful romp in six issues. That's true, because it's funny, and it's actually fun to read. Actually, that's, some- has, uh, that's something I do want to give a shout-out to, is uh, the, episode, the issue of Amazing, where Kamala Khan shows up as a lead-up into this, where it feels like an, uh, an issue of Spider-Man and the X-Men, because... Hey, Peter is a guidance counselor, and Kamala is figuring shit out. Yeah, and Parker's good in that role. He's been doing this for a long fucking time. But yeah, Spider-Verse. It had some good points. It had a lot of bad points. It's really easy to find the bad points. It's called Spider-Verse, issues one through six, I believe. Just avoid them completely. Just read the edge stuff. Maybe Marvel Wiki if you're absolutely desperate to find out why stuff is trust me it doesn't matter seriously the entire thing is shit like good night everybody if, if you want to take a break from comics until after secret wars is done and then just read summaries to catch up that's that's, yeah, that's allowed that's reasonable especially right now holy shit spider-verse it wasn't very good but it could have been spider worse uh, i will dock uxp yellow <laughs> card <laughs> okay uh and if 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 you, too, share your frustrations with Marvel and DC being not very good right now, hey, Atomic Robo, you can read it for free on the internet. And it's good shit. It's so amazing. Nope. You missed your it chance. It teaches you how to enter a room. <laughs> you missed your chance to spend way too much to have all of it in hardcover. And by way too much, I mean a perfect amount. But Yeah, a reasonable value. Like, I, I, I'm fine with the price I got, but I was on the early bird tier. And then shipping's going to kill me, but hey. Nope. Uh, it's on the internet for free, and Dr. Dinosaur's awesome, and Ben, and Helsingrad's awesome, and Jenkins is awesome, and Big Science 5 is awesome, and, um, weird ghost AI Alan Turing is awesome, and you should read it. Carl Sagan fights Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah, happens. Also, fuck Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and fuck Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Now are we done? Yeah, we're done. If, if, All right. Yeah, we, we've yelled at Transformers and said Atomic Rogue is awesome. We're done. Yeah. Night, everybody. All right. Good night. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. 
I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International 3.0 license. Visit sbopodcast.com for more shows, contact information, and show notes. Thank you. Because my computer locked up and it was terrifying. That'll happen. You were afraid you wouldn't be able to go anywhere ever again until you got it fixed? Yeah, I was, um, it was, uh, uh, I can't think of anything, uh, pop culture related to being frozen in place, which is a strange because you would think that, uh, uh, there have been enough poor, uh, special effects where somebody went, Ugh! and then they couldn't move. But I suppose that anytime that in something that somebody gets hit by a ray and goes, Ugh! and can't move, they then either disappear or turn into a gross skeleton. Yeah. When in doubt, Trek. Trek. Star Trek's probably done it. Oh, I guarantee it. You know, I'm I'm actually thinking of a TNG episode where like um the energy beings moved into a Romulan warp drive and that slowed down time. Yeah. You're thinking of the time distortion one. Yeah, that like and and the Enterprise is almost about to blow up and the Romulans are almost about to blow up and everyone's standing still except for Troy and Picard who have to sol- solve the problems. Because we have to shoehorn in Troy whenever possible to justify why she's even on the crew. Hey, by that point, Troy was actually useful. By that, by season, that was season five or six. She was, she was good on, I was fine with her by then. But Do watch the different identifies Romulans? Hmm? Do you think Romulans self-identify as Romulans? Or do you think that that's like a Vulcan racial slur that... You know what? I don't give a shit. I give no shits. They are called Romulans. If they want to argue with me, I will just use a disruptor on them. And I'll be like, what do you identify as, you son of a bitch? <laughs> you know, I'm just I bet, saying. I'm just saying. Like, I, bet like, when, when I bet they have their own word. I bet they have their own word in Romulan that probably just means people. And they use that to describe each other. And the Vulcans <laughs> are probably dicks about it. Because the Vulcans can be dickish. Yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm they wondering, in like, really passive-aggressive ways. When when they were pro- programming the Universal Translator and they came across the Romulans, you're like, oh, who are these guys? And then well, the Vulcan guy who was programming is like, oh, oh, those are, those are Romulans. And it was like, oh, I guess that's a word. Yeah, okay. And the Vulcan guy was like, better Romulans. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is not the episode where we bitch about TNG. That'll come someday, I guess. Yeah, well, it'll be doable. Certainly doable.